we have an opportunity because we have been born again to embrace a new creation reality and that's what we're going to talk about tonight one of the modules that we, we're in module two we have four modules of our discipleship uh, portion of our prayer and discipleship in life shape we're in module number two and uh, tonight's lesson in module number two is going to be about transformation. Okay? We're talking about new creation realities. What do you get when you become a new creature in Christ Jesus? Every believer should know what comes with being born again. We should understand that when we get born again, we get access to some things. Now, access is just access. Potential is just Potential, okay? That's all. Potential is not a guarantee. Potential is just potential. It's something that you have to work on. It's like a miracle. God demands that we participate in our miracles. And tonight we're going to be talking about transformation, a new creation reality, transformation. What in the world does transformation mean? Well, let's look at our key scripture tonight. In Romans, the 12th chapter, our key scripture tells us this. It simply says this, do not be conformed. What in the world does conformed mean? We'll talk about that in a moment so that we can better understand it. But this is the admonition of the Apostle Paul to a church that is growing, to a church that is needing to understand what they got when they became Christians, when they became believers in Yeshua as Messiah, what did they get when they got born again? They became a new creature in Christ Jesus, a new creation in Christ. But what really changed? Well, they got access. They, they, they received potential. Things changed in their life, but God wanted it to work out of their life. And so God needed them to participate. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Do not. The admonition do not means that there's something that we can do or something we can do not. Okay? If, if I say do or do not, then you know that I'm looking for some action here in, in your life, some decision, some participation, and that's what he's talking about. Do not be conformed. Participate actively in resistance to being conformed to this world. Do not. You know, it, it intimates here that we have a choice to make. We have a step to take. Do not be conformed to this world, but transformed. How in the world can you be transformed? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed, but transformed. Don't let this world conform you to itself, but be transformed by renewing your mind. To conform means to pattern yourself after some other influence, some model, or some mindset. Okay, To use something else as a pattern, to allow something else to influence you, to be your model, or to be your mindset. Okay, To pattern yourself after some other influence, some other model, or some other mindset. The world, if you have not noticed, the world has a mindset. The world has a mind, okay, and it has a mindset. The world has a set way of thinking, 
Okay? And this whole world system that we are born into, this whole world ideology, it's a mindset, it's a certain way of thinking. And we continually hear about it because we often hear about world opinion. How many of you have heard about world opinion? And all the, all the politicians, for example, that, that, that take polls to find out what public opinion or world opinion is because the public has an opinion. The world has an opinion, has a certain mindset a certain way that they want to influence us. And people are often influenced by world opinion, by public opinion. Many people wait until they find out what their friends think or what the world thinks or what the in crowd thinks or what the intelligent people think. Many people wait to find out what the world thinks before they want to weigh in on what they think, okay, and tell you what they believe. They want to know what the world's mindset, what's the world's opinion. But I'm going to tell you tonight definitely that world opinion does not reflect God's opinion. It does not and it cannot. The world's opinion does not and cannot reflect God's opinion. The world is at war with God. Please open your eyes. You know, don't let's not be blindsided. Let's not be uh, absolutely oblivious to the fact that the world hates God. The world is at war with God. The world is doing its best trying to overwhelm and discount and destroy God's influence. Do you realize this? Wherever you may be in the world, realize that the world opinion and public opinion is at war with God. The world does not reflect God's opinion. The world and the system this world is founded on has a certain mindset, and they are doing their very best to influence what everyone thinks and to destroy and to discount, to, to overwhelm with public opinion, what God's opinion is, uh, trying to destroy God's influence on your life, what you think, what you allow, what you are willing to tolerate. The world is trying to destroy God's influence in our lives. And all the while, God is right and the world is wrong. Nonetheless, the world seems tireless in its efforts to capture our minds, to corrupt our thoughts, and to control our opinions. Time after time, you'll hear people get up and make broad, sweeping statements that, that 90% of Americans feel this way. Well, you know, if 90% of Americans or 90% of the world felt that way, I would want to go the other direction. Simply because the world is at war with God, the world is insane. The world is not your friend. Public opinion is not your friend. Popular opinion is not your friend. The world is crazy. Okay? You can say amen right there. It's true. Okay? Uh, James uh, talked about it, that God does not want us to pattern ourselves after the influence, after the model, or after the mindset of this world. This world's methods of thought and practice, 
This world's method is an enemy of God. It's at enmity. It's opposed to God. It runs contrary to the kingdom. Therefore, whoever makes themselves a friend of this world also at the same time makes themselves an enemy of God. And it can't get more plain than Pastor James, the half-brother of Jesus, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, boldly proclaiming that if you're going to follow the influence, the method, the practice, the opinion of this world, you're going to put yourself at odds with God. You could not get more plain than that. You see, world uh, opinion does not reflect the mind of Christ. And indeed, it cannot. Do not be conformed to world opinion. Do not be influenced. Do not pattern yourself after the model or the mindset of this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but, as our key scripture says, be transformed. Transformation refers to a metamorphosis of the mind. The picture is what we see in a caterpillar, this old earth-bound worm that is transformed through the process of metamorphosis into a soaring butterfly that rides the winds of heaven. Such is the picture, such should be our picture of the process that we should go through whenever we enter into this transformation potential that God has given us by His grace. Transformation occurs as the result of our participation with God in the process, our key scripture says, in the process of renewing our minds. You see, only a changed mind can change a life. You'll never change your life until you change your mind. Transformation is available to every believer in Christ who chooses to believe God's Word instead of allowing the influence and the mindset of this world to shape their thoughts. You should not allow this world to shape your beliefs, your morals, or your goals. You see, this transformation is available to the believer when we believe God's Word instead of allowing the world to influence what we think. God's Word is truth. And we continue to fill our thoughts with God's Word. As we do, there is a process that takes place that begins to capture our thoughts. When we fill our life with God's Word, when we, when we take God's Word into our mind, it begins to capture our thoughts. It begins to cleanse our mind. And as we cleanse our mind, we're cleansing our soul of all that we have received in this life from the world. We unprogram ourselves and reprogram ourselves with the Word of God. This is a process of renewing our mind. And those that are in Christ, that's what the Word tells us we are as a new creature. We are in Christ. Those that are in Christ, we should at some point in life begin to think like Christ instead of think like the world. We should begin to think more like Christ rather than 
like our old carnal worldly self. We have to be very careful because the world inundates us. The world is relentless every day trying to shape your opinion, trying to influence your thoughts, trying to capture and control your mind. And unless we can change our minds, we can never change our lives. And that goes on every level of life. But when we begin to take the Word of God instead of the world's opinion, instead of public opinion, instead of the social mores or, or situational ethics, or instead of you know, uh, what, whatever the current tolerant factor might be in us being politically correct, whenever we take God's Word as a greater influence, it begins to capture our thoughts, begins to cleanse our thoughts, renews our minds, and we begin to think more like Christ than we do like the world. It's a process, but it is a process which demands participation. It does not happen automatically. In fact, if you leave here today as a born-again Christian and you walk back out these doors into a world, if you never pick up the Word of God on your own, if you never uh, you know, uh, make yourself and challenge yourself and check yourself to let the Word of God be the answer to what you're seeing in daily life, you know, if you go this direction, and never check in with the Word of God, never let God's Word influence you, you will live and die as a carnal Christian. You can go to heaven, but you can contribute to hell in this life, and you'll contribute to hell throughout eternity. There are souls that will be influenced and affected negatively that you could have influenced and affected positively. There's a reflection of God that you could have made that you did not. It is imperative that we participate. Being transformed does not happen automatically, and it does not happen over a short period of time. It is a lifetime of renewal because the world will do its best to program you tomorrow and do its best, as the Bible says, when the sower sows the word. When, when the word tonight is sown in your life, immediately the devil will come. You leave here on your way to your first test. Immediately the devil will come and try to take away the word that is sown in your heart. He will come and try to remove the truth to try to continue and holding you captive. It's something you cannot allow. We have to not let public opinion, world opinion, shape our thoughts, influence us, or set our minds. We must participate. That's our part. Romans, the eighth chapter, verses one and two say this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's where we are. We're born again. And remember, we talked about this. We are in Christ. And being in Christ, there are some new realities, new creation realities we have. One of the new creation realities is there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That means that we need to participate. There is a walk that needs to match our new creation birth. 
We got born again to walk a new way. And we need to walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. We have, as a new creature, as a new creation in Christ Jesus, we have been made free from the law of sin and death. We do not have to live like the world, act like the world, think like the world, or be rewarded like the world because we are in Christ. But it will take a walk. It will take participation. When we are born again as a new creation in Christ Jesus, we are made free from that law of sin and death. From that point on, as I said, God expects us to fill our minds with his word and set our minds, set our minds on spiritual things, not on carnal things, but to set our minds on spiritual things so that we will begin thinking like God thinks. If we picked up there in Romans 8 and continued, verse 5 says it better than I can say it. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. Okay? That flesh there is talking about this carnal entity, this spiritual force that is at work in the children of disobedience, this spiritual carnal nature that tries to control us and capture us and shape our thoughts. Those who set their minds on carnal things, fleshly things, you know, uh, they will live according to the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on spiritual things. That means they have set their minds on God's things, on what God thinks, if you will. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded, to be fleshly minded, to be less than spiritually minded will continue to revolve in circles and just continue to cause death. That means basically the absence of the life of God. You will not get the blessings. You will not get the benefits. You will continue to reap uh, things God never intended whenever we are carnally minded. That word minded there is a Greek word, noema. It means to be interested in, influenced by, entertained by things of this world. If we allow this world to be our influence, our investment, our entertainment, uh, to be our interest, then we will be filling our mind with worldly things and a mind set on carnal things produces death. But contrary to that, to be spiritually minded, to be interested in, entertained by, to be influenced by, to continually uh, focus upon spiritual things will bring life and peace. Verse 7 says, because, here's the reason why, because the mind that is set on this world's opinion, the mind that is set on the fleshly things, the mind that is set on carnal things, is enmity against God. How much more plain could the Apostle Paul be? For this kind of mindset, the carnal mindset, is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. You see, the world cannot produce God thought. Public opinion cannot produce God wisdom. Public opinion cannot 
accomplish God's will. Public opinion, world opinion, carnal mindedness cannot reflect God's will and purpose. But rather we must be transformed so that we might prove, so that we might reflect the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. You know, transformation, as I said, is not without a struggle. The world is an enemy of God, and the world fights to dominate opinion. Certainly, you've noticed that even in the news of today. The world fights to dominate opinion. God expects us to challenge our thoughts. God expects us to challenge public opinion in our own minds. God expects us to challenge our thoughts, to not let our thoughts run wild, and to not allow ourselves to come under the influence of this world's opinion. You see, God has given us spiritual weapons to use in this spiritual warfare against the enemy of our soul so that we, not, uh, so that we do not become captured and held captive uh, just by opinion. Godliness begins with a mindset, and each one of us needs to set our minds on what God thinks. To set our minds on what God thinks. It's like setting automatic pilot or a cruise control. To set our minds on what God thinks, because godliness begins with a mindset. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verses 4 and 5 say this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And he's not talking about demonic fortresses in the heavenlies. Specifically, this scripture is talking about the demonic stronghold in our mind where the devil has gotten control of our opinion, has influenced our mindset, and is causing us to think contrary or to imagine contrary to what God says. And that is a stronghold. You have seen it perhaps. Maybe you have had a mindset that was against God. To hold on to a thought despite the truth. That's a stronghold. We have a spiritual weapon to fight against that. It is renewing of the mind to take God's word and challenge that thought and replace it with God's influence. He says, for the casting down, this stronghold uh, you know, can be cast down. We cast down arguments. We cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That means anything that runs contrary, anything that is, is at enmity, anything that is an enemy of God, we cast it down. And we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The battle is in the mind, and the battle is for the mind. To begin the process of transformation, we must know God's Word and accept God's Word as truth. Believers must embrace God's opinion as their own. To set your mind on God's opinion and to give up the right to allow the world or feelings to set your opinion. When a believer changes their mind to line up with God's Word, it will transform not only the believer's life, but it will also challenge lives around them. Believe me, when people see and hear the truth reflected through your Word and through your decisions and through your life, they are challenged by the Holy Spirit. They are convicted, as the Word of God says, by our godly behavior 
even without us speaking a word. We are transformed by the Word of God so that we might prove the will of God. You see, we must seek God's Word in order to know God's Word. We must know God's Word in order to embrace God's Word, and we must embrace God's Word in order to reflect God's Word. And that's God's desire, that through this transformation process, we would begin to reflect His Word. And it's up to us. Well, if we desire to be more like Christ, we must be willing to challenge our thoughts and change our mind. If you're unwilling to change your mind, you might end up staying just like you are forever. Well, our important points for tonight as I close. Number one, our important point, world opinion is opposed to God. Okay? If you get uh, nothing else from this, I would like for you to realize that world opinion opposes God. Public opinion cannot reflect the mind of Christ. Number two, godliness begins with a mindset. If you want to be more like God, you need to set your mind on what He says and not allow the world to influence you beyond that. Point number three, only a changed mind will change a life. If you're having trouble changing your life or the lives of some others around you and you really, they need to change, you need to change, the first thing you need to work on is changing what they think. Change what they think what they think about themselves, what they think about their job or their school or their friends or their future. When you can change a mind, you can change a life. So you don't need to be working so much on the fruit as you do need to set back a little bit and work on the root. Find out why they want to hold on to the lie they are believing and see if you can help them change their mind. If you can change a mind, you can change a life. And number four, our last important point tonight, is that transformation is a new creation reality. It's for you. Transformation. It's what you get. The potential of when you get born again.